Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, that was Paul, and now this is me, and yeah, the, uh, yeah, with levels are going to be all right. Well, if we get really excited. Yeah, then it's going to be, oh, but then you can do the classic share tactic where you go, oh my God. Oh, uh, yeah. Like uh, when Ariana Grande goes, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Well, should we go straight, straight in? <laughs> oh, wait, I need to bring up the actual results. <laughs> Lol. Not that we actually care about From Mexico, else. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. Uh, uh, okay, so. This actually sounds really good. <laughs> In my ears, that's how it's going. Yeah. Living in 2008 there with the uh, V10, V12, V10? <laughs> Formally, right. Here we go. Hello, one and all, and welcome to After the Checkered Flag, my F1 special series here on the Behind the Glass podcast. You join me, your host, Sam, from that YouTube channel, Seen Through Glass. And if you weren't so distracted trying to, I don't know what, flaunt a red bull hat in the audience's direction, you would have missed what I'm about to say. What were you about to say? My co-host... <sighs> Paul Wallace from Supercars I don't, I, don't, I haven't even signed a contract. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good, I mean, definitely don't sign any contract. It's literally a title in name and nothing else. But look, we are fast approaching the end of the season. We've done a good old chunk of these episodes. And whilst I don't really feel like you bring much to the table, <laughs> I feel like your long-standing guest status it has been due an upgrade been, for a while. I've just been chipping away. You've been chipping away. <laughs> well, that steel wall. I've never been able to find anyone else who's free on a Monday morning to come and do this. So now I'm like, well, I might as well lock you in so I have to go through the bore of texting people. like, anyone want to come? So yes. Shawshank Redemption, where he's just chipping away, yeah. escaping prison. Yeah. I'm actually trying to get into the prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so here you go. Uh, your host, your host for After Checker Flag, myself and Paul. If it's your first time listening to After Checker Flag, which I think maybe it will be for some, uh, basically, Paul and I sit down and sort of review the Grand Prix the day after. We've had a sort of uh, 12 to 18 hours to mellow out a little bit. To check social media. Check social media. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we, we, we sort of sit down and we reflect on what's happened and what a season it has been. Oh. And we are now approaching the, the real thick end of it. A thick end which, a few weeks ago, we were like, oh, it's over now. <laughs> what are we going to talk about the next four races? I think, I think Friday afternoon, we were definitely saying, it's all over. Oh, I posted on Instagram. <laughs> I said, well, that's it, isn't it? Well, there's nowhere back from here. I, th I think quite a lot of people, and I did see people go back to their previous social media posts going, well, this aged well. Yeah, literally <laughs> that. I was like, oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, so actually today, of course, we're going to be reviewing the, well, yesterday's Brazilian Grand Prix. Lots to talk about there. But we're also going to be reviewing last weekend's Mex 
Mexican Grand Prix, race where, well, there's not a lot to talk about. And actually <laughs> last week, due to various commitments and the fact we didn't feel like there was a lot going on in that race, we were like, well, let's just bolt these two, two Grand Prix together. Um, and so we got to touch on Mexico a little bit. Of course. And I do actually think because everything that happened at Mexico, it led into making Brazil even more special. And what happened in Brazil gives us slightly more to talk about in Mexico. Fair. Okay, so yes, let's go back to last week and Mexico, where I think we were all secretly praying Perez was somehow going to pull off the <laughs> victory of the year. Every time we're oh going to Mexico. God, the <laughs> celebrations would have been insane. I think atmosphere there, at least it came across on TV, probably rivaled any race of the year, right? Yeah, I think it kind of emulated uh, the Dutch Grand Prix. Yes, okay, it's fair. Probably. Although I felt like Mexica the Mexicans dragged it out a bit longer. They were celebrating the arrival of, of Perez uh, far earlier than they were Verstappen in um, the Netherlands. And there was just celebrations. It was yeah. like one long four or five day party. That was exactly a proper party atmosphere. And I think, as I say, because of that, we were just, you know, oh, it would just be so great if Perez somehow Everyone was praying under the table. Yeah, somehow <laughs> something would happen. Unfortunately, it didn't. <laughs> no, it came B3 and everyone celebrated like he won. I know, which was great. <laughs> yeah, like, was good, good. I mean, like, why not? You know, his dad just seems like the best person in the yeah. world. I've never seen anyone look more excited in the loving <laughs> life than Sergio Perez's dad. But, okay, now... Okay, let me tell you, if I say, this is, I'm stealing this from another F1 podcast, by the way, but oh. if I'd say to you, Mexican Grand Prix, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Um, a long straight. <laughs> okay, no, but, okay, Mexican Grand Prix 2021, as in that race. Oh, that race. What springs to mind? Not the Fast circuit. Red Bulls. <laughs> Fast Red Bulls. Mm. Yeah, okay, so for me, it's just that Max Verstappen lunge on turn one, lap oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because for me, that was the race, right? That was it. I mean, it was done. I was actually talking to someone on my Twitter DMs, and I said that lunge was enough for them to just wave the checkered flag to be like, yep, you win. <laughs> I mean, on the championship as <laughs> yeah, well. And yeah, that was yeah, I just yeah, hand over yeah, the cup. Yeah. Like, you know, that's it. You don't need anything else because, you know, building up to it, you know, obviously Mercedes came through with this bit of a surprise qualifying. It looked like it was going to be a strong Red Bull race, and then Mercedes, I know, get the strong qualifying. We're like, okay, we've got a race on our hands now. Uh, and then going down into the first corner, <laughs> and Max just, I, now, Tony, in the main podcast, was like, mm. oh, yeah, he's on the racing line. It's natural. <laughs> yeah. it's na I'm sorry. That was one of the overtakes of the century in my <laughs> mind. Like, it was Max at Max's best. Yes. Just late-breaking, full confidence, full send. I don't give a crap what the rest it was, of you it was, do. It was due now. Ask questions later. Like, yeah. whatever happened after I'm braking so much later than the Mercedes, I'll deal with but I'm going through here. Yes, because I think that's the thing, you know, and, and obviously my whole thing, my argument against Tony is, you know, well, he was on the racing line, so he had the advantage, is at the start of a race, when you're racing for the championship, and you know you've got Lewis Hamilton, one car or two cars over, anyone could snag a brake, lock a wheel, as we actually saw happen with Ricardo and Bottas. Yeah. And it would have been so easy for someone just to plow into the side of him. So that's where I was impressed. It was supreme confidence and great skill from Max. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was almost. We saw. We've seen it this season in him driving under pressure, as in leading the race and having um, Lewis try and chase him and him fend off. We've seen it all through the season, and it's coming. He's coming into a. To me, this feels like a world championship drive throughout his entire season. And that was another almost like nail in Lewis Hamilton's coffin to be like, this is Max's season. And he and he delivered that. He knew he needed to, live, to, to deliver that. He said after qualifying, I'd rather be in P3 than P2. But he had Bottas there 
who was supposed to help defend the situation. Mm, it's questionable. <laughs> questionable. Good old Valtteri. <laughs> um, but Max didn't care. Yeah, and you know that was the whole thing, wasn't it? Afterwards, you know, even Lewis, I think, sort of slightly muttered it under under his breath of you know Valtteri should have closed the mm. door, but. Yes, you could argue that Valtteri should have not been looking to his right as to where Lewis was, but looking to his left about Max. And, and was it 2018 when the Ferraris locked out the front row and then showed what happened when Lewis tried fighting from P3? Have you seen that clip? I think Paul DeResta played over. Okay, I, I don't remember and, and Vettel was so bullish, as in he pushed Lewis onto the grass uh. to keep Ferrari one and two. And then um, I think it was Max that came up on the inside of Lewis. Lewis... Oh yeah, go- ended up Fine. going off the grass, and he ended up in P four or five, um, and the Ferraris just drove off. Exactly, that's really what Mercedes should have done. But as we've seen, unfortunately, with Valtteri this year, <sighs> hey, Lewis keeps going. What a great teammate! What a great support! <laughs> Is he though? Like, sometimes <laughs> I like, actually uh, think that annoys Valtteri even more, and especially when Toto comes out, be like, he is a great wingman. Yeah, I think Valtteri's like, accent ever. Yeah, really was very bad. <laughs> I think Valtteri's like, screw you guys. Like, yeah, I'm doing yeah, my own thing yeah. here. Like, I don't care what you're all about. <laughs> got so, my Black Series yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> he has got his own GT Black Series, which we think we saw in Monaco, actually. Yeah. And if it wasn't him driving, it was someone else. Uh, but yeah, so so that for me, that was Mexico, right? Because after that, we just saw that, unfortunately, Mercedes had no answer to Red Bull's pace. Or at least, I mean, definitely to Max's pace. Mm. Lewis just couldn't keep with him. He was too quick. Red Bull had a clear pace advantage in the race. And Perez arguably should have got past Lewis as well. Um, But that's kind of the same argument as suggesting that Bottas should have got past Verstappen in in a faster car, which we know probably wouldn't happen. But I think the pace advantage of Red Bull and Perez... I mean, no, but flip, flip it. Yeah, so imagine yeah. if Mercedes had the pace advantage over the Red Bull. Yes. Would Bottas have got no, past Verstappen? No, no, but would Perez <laughs> get past Hamilton? I think yes, and we've now seen that in, in Turkey and now in Brazil, which we're going to come on to. Perez, when he can or when he needs to get his elbows out, heck me, mm. he reminds us all that, mm. okay, he might not have the pace of Verstappen over a race weekend, but in combat, he's a brilliant driver. He's an absolutely brilliant driver and he does, in a very fair way, push Hamilton right to the extremes. And so could he have overtaken or should he have overtaken Lewis maybe was Lewis uh, great at being able to stretch out that sort of tire life and get that second position potentially but one way or another Mercedes were on the back foot in Mexico 100%. and so I think you know once Max had got past at turn one that was kind of it and we we just didn't see a lot of other action I actually oh no we saw some fantastic safety car action because obviously the Mercedes AMG GTR was on duty going back to my conspiracy theory that so should we just like basically if you are a new viewer if you haven't <laughs> yes, listened sorry. to some of these episodes before I've jumped the gun yeah Paul has this quite good conspiracy <laughs> it's, theory now it's very accurate that ever since Aston Martin came along and bought rights for half of the races to have the vantage there Aston Martin vantage is the safety car not the Mercedes Anytime it's a vantage race, yeah. there were no safety <laughs> yeah, cars. Yeah, no, no, no. They will do everything to put the virtual safety car out. But so then as soon as it's the Mercedes, the safety car comes for out. For anything. I, I called it about 10 minutes before the race had even started in Mexico. I was so close to doing it again in Brazil. And I was like, no, yeah. I'm not going to jinx it. And I just sat there and watched the safety car come out. <laughs> uh, well, look, I've brought up an article from Goodwood uh, who have got five talking points from Mexico because I was like, I don't think I know more than one. So Verstappen Aces first turn, covered that. Yeah, Hamilton versus uh, Perez, just covered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another tough day for Bottas, sort of, 
covered that really. Unfortunately, uh, he he did have a hellish Sunday. Hell, which you know, unfortunately, this year he's had a ton of them and. For all of those that flew the Bottas flag earlier in the season, and especially when there was all these conversations, you know, should Russell replace him, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Unfortunately now, whether it's... I need to listen to his uh, Beyond the Grid podcast, mm. by the way. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I've I might to, listen to it on the way home. Yeah, I've got a trip later this week where I'm gonna, I've been saving it up for. Oh, but nice. I think there's something in Bottas's psyche now, and I do think mm. he's checked out slightly, and I yeah. think we've seen him perform better. He's not at his best now. Um, and yeah, there's just been too many tough Sundays well, from this season. He's got... Other than helping Mercedes win the Constructors' Championship, what's he got what's to give? Motivation? What's his motivation? He's not going to be able to win anything. And Mercedes, as we've seen from Drive to Survive, when the driver gets confirmed to be going out of the team, they basically have the door shut on them yep. for the entirety of the rest, the remaining of the season. So he's obviously turning up to the race weekend, unable to give any of his feedback then getting nothing back from his team. And then Toto goes, oh, by the way, can you help Lewis win? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> well, I said he's not going to win. So he's not going to be allowed to win. Because yeah. in any scenario where he's <laughs> anywhere competitive, they can be like, get out of the way, mate. Like, yeah. So uh, you're right. If, if I was, if, and what I loved, I think it was Mexico when he had the disastrous race and he led for Stappen. <laughs> the next day, he posted from like the beach with a beer, being like, day off. <laughs> and I was like, what a legend. Yeah. He just doesn't care anymore. Um, Gasly, best of the rest. I mean, yeah. he's having a strong latter half. But I also thought um, Sonoda came into his own in Mexico uh, as well. Let's come back to Sonoda when we get to Brazil because <laughs> you sent me a brilliant TikTok this morning. And, well, you know, yeah, he did. But he did. If, to be fair, credit due. Towards towards the end of this season, we're seeing, we're seeing more of his talent, I think. More of his raw speed. Um, but he's still making those mistakes that you would expect but not want from a rookie. Do you know what I mean? Have you heard what might what that might be down to about his coach? Um, his he can't see over the steering wheel. No, no, his driving coach. Oh, he can't see over the <laughs> he's, steering. He's wheel. small, isn't he? I don't think he's very good because he's probably <laughs> not be able to see over the steering wheel. I think that's size. He needs <laughs> he needs a plumper cushion. Oh my god, so aggressive. <laughs> Alex Albon's been coaching him. Really? I think since Turkey. I mean, obviously Albon coming to the end of his. Well, is he coming to the end of his Red Bull sort of... Because he's obviously off to Williams next year. Is mm. he still Red Bull affiliate? He's like better years. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I can't imagine they'd let him go. So they brought him in to sort of help coach Sonoda and genuinely... I think I'd want someone with a little bit more experience. No, coach. but you... <laughs> You're such a prick today. <laughs> You're really stirring the pot. I can't wait till we get to the Brazilian Grand Prix. Because actually, I, th I see why that makes sense because Albon had... A tumultuous time, mm -hmm. you know, tough time, but also had a lot of promise, showed mm. a lot of, you know, uh, ability, and especially in his Toro Rosso slash Alpha Tower. Was it Toro Rosso back then? I'm getting a bit confused. But, you know, he had his moments. And I oh, think yeah. having another young driver who's been through tough times come in and say, look, this is what I did. This Rather than, I mean, you don't want to bring in Seb Vettel. <laughs> we shouldn't even be saying, this is what I didn't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what I should have done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, good, good from Gasly. Uh, Ferrari gets one over from McLaren, as mm. we're going to, I guess, move on to again. Ferrari have just knocked up a level or they two. Ha have they have, um, as much as McLaren have maybe not come down. Well, I yes. feel like they have. I think McLaren seem to have come off the boil a bit, which I have a suspicion about. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, unfortunately, Ricardo with the 
um, uh, contacted the first corner yeah. in Mexico and then the DNF in Brazil. Does so that depreciate Ricardo's 720S edition? In Australia, well, I've now been sent two out on oh, the road. Oh, really? So they're clearly <laughs> flying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, for me, that's Mexico done, right? Yeah. I feel like we covered it. Thank God we didn't do a whole episode because that's 14 minutes, five of which we're announcing <laughs> that you are the new co-host of this show. <laughs> me so, dragging yeah. it out. Unfortunately, th- this happens, you know, and I'm sure there'll be lots of you that love the Mexican Grand Prix or will message us saying, oh, well, you, there was so much more to talk about. But there wasn't. And the one thing which I find frustrating is that the Formula One coverage still refuses to admit when it's a crap Grand Prix mm. until like a week later. Yeah. So during the race, there was like, oh, you know, and then a week later, they're like, yeah, it was a bit of a tough race, wasn't it? Well, like, just- they basically, I think there was at least 60% TV coverage of watching Ricardo and Bottas fight for P11 at one point. To be fair, forgot about that. Great talking point. It, that was good. It was. I mean, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was, but you really want to see them battling for for fourth and fifth um and i was watching it we were talking and it did feel like the enthusiasm from crofty was was higher than normal and definitely higher than it should have been for the entire race because i think he could feel there wasn't much to go off um which in turn i kind of felt like i was seeing through and and being able to pick up on and be like should I have dinner now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely like, I could have a nap, yeah. but I'm not sure I'll miss it. The best thing about having all of the Grand Prix at the moment in that part of the world is the fact that they're, the qualifying's Saturday night. Brilliant. A, you can have a beer. Yeah. Oh, 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 right. oh yeah. Uh, an alcoholic-free Heineken, Heineken actually. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was hoping you would do that plug. <laughs> Cheers, Heineken. But then Sunday evening, and then obviously um, for the Brazil, we had qualifying on Friday night. That was like my night out. In on the sofa, yeah, yeah, yeah. with an alcoholic free beer, <laughs> and then Saturday, obviously, we had the sprint race in the evening. It just it substituted the lack of football this weekend, which obviously this is not a fo- football podcast, but I do watch it. I am going to bring up a football reference in a little bit, though. Oh, um, but yeah, I think I think uh, I know where you're going to bring it up. Oh, interesting. Uh, so the I agree. If I'm this, wrong, I won't tell you. The, <laughs> <laughs> the t- these timings I do really like as well. And I remember years ago, Formula One talked about shifting everything to be these kind of later afternoon races, especially even when we're in Europe. But obviously, weather and light, mm. you know, doesn't really play into it. But it is enjoyable as a European audience. I think as well, the American audience enjoy yeah. it. Because of course they spend the majority of the season waking up at 3 or 4 a.m. to watch races and finally like, oh, <laughs> lunchtime race. Yeah. I guess it's early like brunch, brunch, let's have pancakes. Sorry, I'm being very stereotypical. <laughs> so let's come on to the main show. Brazil. Brazil. If we thought we could take a nap in Mexico, mm. you could not afford to take a nap during any part of the Brazilian Grand Prix weekend. Well, I made the mistake. I think it was 2019 where the safety car came out right at the end and then Lewis clipped Albon and there was that whole kerfuffle at the end. Was that 19? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I made, and I made, yeah, I made the mistake of watching the first 10, 15 laps and then thought, well, this is boring <laughs> and, and went in off and did other stuff and then came back to a flurry of messages going, did you see that? And I was like, oh, hmm, maybe I need to watch the highlights. So I made sure, obviously, the stakes were much higher in this Grand Prix, that I was, um, my, my, my attention was sharp. Your caffeine levels were high. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now I'm going to come out and say it. Where did, I, where did we start? I still don't like sprint race. We, I don't like the sprint, sprint race, whatever. I don't like the idea of it. I feel it's a bit gimmicky. I wish they would sack it off for next year, but they said they're going to reinvent it. Mm. I don't like anything, but 
What I do like <laughs> is that we get right into it from Friday. That's what I yes, do like. Yes. So so I don't as I say, I don't like the sprint, but I like But why don't you like the sprint? Is it because for the sprints that we've had, it's been unfavourable to Lewis Hamilton. No, no, no. I mean, this is... By the way, actually, <laughs> sorry. Can Are you going to put in, your Mercedes cap on for the rest of the show? Can we just interject, by the way? Because you were starting to do it at the beginning of the show, and I wanted your focus <laughs> while I announced you as co-host. So I got annoyed that you were playing around with the I cap. was picking up the Red Bull cap as you announced me as co-host. Oh, it no. couldn't have been written any better. <laughs> but, and I should have said this right at the top, I did put a post out on Instagram stories yesterday saying Verstappen fans shouldn't tune into this episode. Now mm. we've come on to the Brazilian Grand Prix. If you are a fan of Max, I would stop listening right now. <laughs> no, just no, gonna, no, no. Carry on. No, no, no. Carry on. Stop listening. And I so much so that I'm going to do this. Oh. oh. <laughs> I just threw my Red Bull hat across the room. It is now off the table. Oh, he's going to get it back. Because I am going full, full Hamilton fanboy from this point on. I will try my best to understand what a Max Verstappen fan may have thought during this Grand Prix weekend. Okay. But I, I won't care and I won't agree with it. So I'm going to try and bring a perspective imagining myself as a Max Verstappen okay, fan. Okay, so you can be antagonistic. Feel I'm going to play devil's me. advocate. You do that. So you've done that by bringing the Red Bull hat back onto the yep. table. Fair enough. Um, yep, yep, okay, there it is. So, so yeah. So what don't I like about the sprint? It's nothing to do with, yeah, it being unfavorable to Lewis. As a sort of nerdy motorsport Formula 1 fan, I firstly think it's been fairly pointless. Let's not take this specific Brazilian Grand Prix uh, sprint as an example, because without Hamilton's comeback, again, it was still fairly pointless. I actually, shockingly, would prefer the sprint to be a reverse grid. Okay. Just a thing, just a show, like, let's just see what happens. And we've spoken about that before. But in in go-karts? No, not, not in <laughs> go-karts. But in its current format, I'm not a fan. I think it's fairly pointless. Okay. I don't really understand it. But I do like that on Friday we have one practice and then we're straight into qualifying and the, the talking starts quickly. Mm. And for this weekend, uh, that meant a lot because we found out very quickly that Lewis was going to take this engine penalty. Then we had a really exciting qualifying where, mm. oh my God, he just seemed yeah. to annihilate the field. Uh, and then we go into the craziness that is the Park Ferme <laughs> melee Which of went Friday on night. forever, or what felt like forever. I've never refreshed my Twitter feed more <laughs> yeah. in my life. Where's the news? I lived on Give Twitter. me news. Um, so yeah, so what are your thoughts? How do you feel about sprint weekends and how did you feel about this sprint weekend so i think the concept of the sprint race weekend works interesting as a saturday afternoon race i agree with you in the sense it doesn't do that much to the um starting grid of the sunday and it does feel a little bit pointless in its current format. I love the fact that we get qualifying and we get straight into it on the Friday. I love the fact that we then got some action on the Saturday and then we still have the main event on the Sunday. I think that Saturday needs tweaking ever so slightly. I don't know what it is. I'm not Bernie Eccleston. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, hope. I don't think he has a say <laughs> I in it. Say, yeah. I still think he controls everything. Sure. <laughs> what I do like is everyone just gets a set of softs, and there's no strategy. It's just a, a sprint. It's literally just a race to the finish line and, and do what you can. I think the drivers are too nervous. I think that most of them are happy with what they've qualified. In. Mm -hmm. So they don't feel like they can put their car on the line to potentially lose space for the race on Sunday. So if we can get around 
that because what we saw on the Saturday was fundamentally every single driver getting out of the way of Lewis Hamilton to an extent. Agreed. Um, because they didn't, they knew that their race wasn't against him. So if we can kind of create a way in which there's still a sprint race where everyone gets the same tyre and it is just no strategy, just race as fast as you can and, and do, whether it's just to pick up points and everyone then goes back to the qualifying results to start on Sunday, just for additional points and a little bit more entertainment for a fan. Um, it needs tweaking. I like it. It's just not quite there yet. But they're testing it. So hopefully next season we get a little bit more action we get a little bit more uh, of uh, something to do, to do with the championship that incentivizes the drivers to put their nose on the line. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think it needs to have more meaning. And they, they, you're right, Ross Braun keeps coming out saying that they're, they're working on it, they're tweaking it. They think they found some you know, ways to make it more impactful or more meaningful. And yes, that, that was my perfect summary is that, look, you know, this is the Lewis Hamilton fanboy podcast today, or at least from my <laughs> side. Um, but the sprint... I actually didn't think was the most impressive part of his weekend because yes, 20th to 5th in 24 laps, unbelievable. Mm. But of course, he had a pace advantage in that car, arguably over the majority of the field. Um, And I think up until he got into the, well... Near to the top five. It was the Ferraris. weren't really fighting it. It was the Ferraris and the McLaren that were impressive because he was able to overtake. If you actually go back onto YouTube and watch all of his overtakes... 98% 98% of them are just on the home start finish yeah. rate. It was the, I think it was um, science. Was it science? I actually did? didn't watch the sprint. Okay. So um, in the second DRS zone where okay. he got one of the Ferraris and then the Lando um, overtake lunge. was a huge lunge. And I loved Alonso's reaction when he got back on the radio. He was like, where? like literally yeah. the first thing he said was, where did Hamilton finish? But this is the thing, right? So, <laughs> so, so the only, only part I'll step away from that is you have to sometimes look at Formula One drivers, current or X, mm. and people who are in and around the sport a lot closer than we are yeah. to judge some of these moments. Because as a fan, you can go, oh, amazing, or, like, this is crap, or it's unfair. And <laughs> that's why I do like the professionals to come in and wade in with their opinion. And yeah. I wish sometimes some of them would do it more. Um, but the reaction of the other drivers mm. being so impressed. Over the whole weekend. These are his competitors. Yes, of course, you know, for a lot of them, Lewis is, you know, the, the goat and they look up to him and they sort of want to be on his side as well. But there are also people that do not need to kiss this guy's ass. Like, mm. they, like they are fighting him mm. weekend, week And out. actually, I think what we've seen over this season is a lot of the grid will help or be more willing to help Max to get his world championship I think on o- a, over, yeah. over Lewis. On a personal level, a lot of them are friends with mm. Max, away from the track, mm. have grown up or raced with Max. And you're right, sort of will be like, uh, you know, especially Alonso, of all people, <laughs> Alonso has come out and said yeah, he wants yeah, Max yeah. to win. So the fact that so many of them were impressed, yeah. I think was a sort of uh, certification of the a, fact a that- A doth of the cup. A doth of the cup. <laughs> um, that, you know, that it was more than just pure raw pace advantage, but at the same time, I don't think they were competing. So for me, Sunday was more impressive when it mm. comes to the Hamilton sort of storyline. So let's sort of rewind back a little bit because we've jumped ahead on the weekend. Let's talk about the end of qualifying and this whole kind of... <laughs> I thought red. you were going to talk about the fact that all the planes got stuck in Miami. Oh, yeah. I was like, not that far, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people missed that story, so let's just crack on. Uh, this whole rear wing saga. Yeah. So mm. let's forget Max Verstappen for a second. Okay. Do you feel, believe, think... Mercedes have done something purposefully illegal. Do you think no. they have cheated? No. 
So they're 0.2 millimeter. <laughs> yeah, but there's been plenty of other teams that have been a bit. Do- McLaren have been fairly dodgy. Renault have been very dodgy. So you say Look this, at you defending you Ferrari. <laughs> that cap is so close to you. Over but there. also, what I love is that forever the FIA was the Ferrari Interests Association or something yeah. like that, and now it's suddenly become the Mercedes. Blah blah blah. I think you can see the the authentic reactions of the Mercedes personnel. It wasn't intentional. Um, and and whatever ha- did happen, because I've kind of tried not to get too into it because it was like 0.2 millimeters difference. Is that going to make a difference? I don't know. Like, obviously, it falls under the rule book that they needed to be punished for not complying with the rules. And it's an obvious rule break. So they needed to be punished and punished correctly. Um and also the argument, I'm now bringing Max back, the argument that Max could have fiddled with it. All it was, all Mercedes wanted to do was obviously bring reasonable doubt to the argument. But there's no way that, like, Max could have whipped out a little screwdriver. <laughs> 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 oh, that's <a> <laughs> Whilst 100,000 people are filming him. <laughs> I think, firstly, uh, f- I think Mercedes proved or were trying to prove or showed that it was a pace disadvantage, mm. that actually it affected them because it was only on one side. Right. So the rear flap was so actually wonky. It was imbalanced. Mm. So I think that's what they either proved or at least trying to prove. Look, I agree with a lot of people on Twitter who came out and said, look, if, if they've been caught with something mm. incorrect, whether it was yeah, on yeah. purpose or not, they should be punished. I, I do agree with that. It was a screw up on some behalf somewhere. Either the wing got damaged or dislodged or something. But it didn't pass the test that it was supposed yeah. to pass. What can Formula One do black at that white. point? It's black and white. Yeah. And if I was sitting here right now and that was Verstappen's car and he didn't, I would be raging. Mm. He didn't get a penalty. I would be raging. So mm. that, I think, unfortunately, whatever the scenario, however it happened, could they have got a lesser penalty? Maybe. Maybe it could have been a five or ten place group penalty rather than full-on disqualification. Mm. I could argue that, but they should have definitely received a penalty. Yeah. Yes, this whole sort of theory that Max had somehow <laughs> done it. I immediately knew was not the case, but I think we agreed on WhatsApp. It was clear, and this is where I sort of want to touch on slightly, that Red Bull knew something. Oh, yeah. There was an inkling that something was going on because Max was clearly measuring. He put his finger in the slot Mm. for his car, went over to the Merc, and then went back to Red Bull and said, yeah, it was bigger on the Merc. And I'm sure they were the ones going to the FIA. You need to check out that rear wing. A hundred percent, because taking the engine penalty if you look at the pace advantage that Red Bull had at Mexico and then look at how different and how much the tide had changed in Brazil, and Christian Horner also said that Mercedes were running Monaco levels of downforce, how can they jump that far ahead? So I do believe, having seen the Red Bull culture this season in particular, the entire qualifying session their team will be working. They'll, they'll be confident that Max can go and do his thing. They won't really be communicating. All they will be doing is focusing their entire in- attention on why is that Mercedes that fast. Yeah. And this is where it's now getting... Tit for tat. Well, yes, sort of too political. Mm. So we really saw the mask literally come off Toto Wolf this weekend. <laughs> so his uber, sort of well-spoken, professional... Do you want me know, to do an impression? Please. Please. <laughs> because it was so good earlier. 
just kind of <laughs> fell away. And yeah. from Friday onwards, he was no holds bars. Yeah. I hate you all. Mm. It's us against the man and it's us against Christian. And what I really lost touch with and got very confused with, but was sniffing a, something going on, was on the grid this whole, well, Red Bull have changed this element of their rear wing three times mm. between qualifying and the race. And Red Bull's sort of theoretical thing was, oh, we were noticing there was a potential failure, so we're doing it. But if it, Toto's point being, well, if it's happening regularly, it's like they're building it to break, mm. or they're doing something to a point where they know then they can replace it, and so it'll part. So it's all getting a bit too, what's called um, whispers in the wind, or, you know, it's all getting yeah. a bit Weasley and a bit uh, tit for tat, yeah. so right. And this is my football reference. Oh. I think Toto Wolf has gone all Jose Mourinho. Okay. Was that what you were thinking? <laughs> no. No, okay, brilliant. Damn it, I told you what I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because he's really gone with the, I have like, it's I I will fight this. Yeah. Lewis, you just focus on the racing. I got this. It's my job. And he's coming and out. My responsibility. Yes, yeah. d- like being aggressive, calling people out, stirring the pot. Well, you go look at them. They're doing something. Mm. Well, this isn't fair. And good on him. You know, yeah. good on him because we, we all too often accuse Formula One individuals of being too PC, mm. too sponsor friendly. And Toto's <laughs> clearly pissed off. And I yeah. think rightly so, if it's going to get to this point where Christian and Red Bull are literally spending their weekend looking for things to complain or yeah. flag on that Mercedes mm. that the FIA pull into question. It's, it's, it feels pity, um, petty. Petty, yeah. To me, Toto's reaction shows the genuine frustration of such a minute mistake being aired out and him facing a punishment for it. If... Mercedes had done that on purpose. I think he would have been much quieter this weekend and not played this character mm. of like any time he saw a camera, he was going, yeah. all of those. Flappy wings. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think that tells, for me anyway, um, going back to your point and as whether Mercedes knew what they were doing or not, I mean, they'd have so much to lose if they were trying to do that. Yes. Oh, it. Hey, because, because I don't what, put it past any Formula One team. <laughs> I really okay. don't. But you're right. Yeah. It seems out of character of Mercedes. I think every single team pushes to the extremes, finds loopholes, oh, yeah. finds ways yeah, to take yeah, advantage yeah. of things. And I mean, that's what anyone Red, does that in life. And that's what Red Bull will be doing. And that's mm. what Red Bull know Mercedes will be doing. Yeah. Hence why I think they've got this binoculars on. We cannot let Mercedes get a pace advantage. And so if we think there's anything that's just a little bit dodgy, we will- Straight to the FIA. Straight to the FIA. Yeah. And we hear them on the radio. I find it so disgusting. And maybe this is F1 being a bit unfair with what they broadcast. 100%. But it feels like anytime there's a moment, Red Bull, Jonathan Wheatley- I'm really sorry, Jonathan, because uh, you're probably a genius and I'm sure you're a very nice guy, but you don't come across well because you're always like, excuse me, Michael. And I was like, ah, it's just great. Something. I think it grates Michael Massey as well. well I think it does because he's always, so can I just check then? And it's so sarcastic. And it, so that, that really winds me up, but I'm sorry. because you know. But again, that's Christian great. Horner going, do this. Yes, call him now. Because Speak to him. He, he said that in the post-race interview about turn four. And he was saying, if it was the other way around, I would be on the phone to the people that communicate with FIA to yeah. be like, complain. complain. Okay, so then let's get into it because we kind of got to this point where obviously we have all these penalties. What happens? We have this amazing sprint race where Lewis managed to get up to fifth place, gets the uh, then engine penalty. So he's starting the race in 10th. Now for me, yes, epic race and lots of other things to talk about, but it all- Can we really- say what a start by Bottas on the sprint race? <laughs> Cracking. What about on the main race? 
Well, that's why I said it now, because now we're going into the main race. What? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. He's trying to give Bottas weird plaudits. He might be listening. <laughs> if you are Valtteri, sorry, man. I apologize for everything we said all year. Um, so yeah, so so I kind of just almost, I'm just frothing at the mouth. So I want to skip to Hamilton Verstappen. Okay. Because there's a lot to talk about. But <laughs> yeah, there is. Also, I know from having looked on Twitter, the non-Hamilton fans are just like, the guy's car was so yeah, fast. But it's essentially cheap. It's all the car. Aren't non-Hamilton fans Verstappen fans? I think so. Mm. Not always, but I think no, so. What I'm trying to say is, if you don't want Lewis to win the world championship, your only hope is Max Verstappen. Sure. Okay, fair. So, fair. Yeah. Um, but when I, I was a Hamilton fan in 2012, mm. 13, 14, he wasn't anywhere near winning the championship, but I didn't mean I was supporting Vettel or true, Alonso. True. So um, I think the, yeah, the, there was a lot of, it's all the car. The car was so fast. Mm. doesn't matter who was in there. Mm. They would have done the same job. Mm. BS. Um, <laughs> Just look at Bottas. Literally. But I'm going to come back to a conspiracy okay. about Hamilton and the car. Okay. So let's get into turn four. <laughs> and I'm going to say take one. Okay. Which was the first overtake attempt. Mm -hmm when both cars ran off the track. Yeah. I know what you're going to say, but you told me that you're going to kind of put your head into a Max fan's point of view. Should really put this cap on it. To try. Yeah, to really, really try. <laughs> Tell me, what were your thoughts of the situation? And what are your thoughts now? So as I was watching the entire race, from, from Saturday after he had got to P5, knowing he was going to start P10, I was a nervous wreck to the point where I think my heart rate was higher as a resting heart rate, it was higher at the start of the Brazilian Grand Prix than it was watching England and Italy in the penalty final of the, <laughs> the World Cup. Euros. 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 Come on, Sam. <laughs> Football. So, <laughs> so that's how tense I was mm -hmm. watching this. And as Lewis kept creeping closer, you could see Max trying everything. And for 70% of the race, he'd smashed it. And to me... That was a part of why 
this is a world championship drive from Max Verstappen because the way he was able to navigate that car around through the middle sector, he was much faster than Lewis, which helped him stay out of DRS. But he was just on fire every time that I was watching Lewis try and catching Max. I was like, again, I'm not sure he's going to do this. Oh, yeah. It had shades of Austin, right? Yeah. Like, I knew he was managing tyres for the first stint. Yes. And maybe, but, but there was a part of me that thought, mm, mm, yeah. I wonder if he's actually going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a changing of, of, the of guard. Yeah, yeah, the change of guard. Um, but it was the first time that I saw Lewis line Max up for the, sec- for the second section of DRS. He had tried it a couple of times down the home start finish straight. But then as soon as I saw him make Lewis go really um, narrow. Make Max go. Sorry, yeah, yeah, make Max go really narrow. To defend that first turn. Yeah. I was like, he's going to do it. Yeah. This is when he's... Because it he's, put Lewis on the upper hand going on to that had second a, he, 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 he was able to just carry so much more speed out of the exit of the Senneresses. Yeah. He's listening to Crofty there. Um, and then I wasn't expecting Max to be able to stick really close with him. But again, that was Max's late breaking. Now, this is when it gets slightly difficult for anyone to comment because no one has seen the onboard of Max, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh, keep going. <laughs> so the way that I looked at it as it happened was classic Max. Just, this is my corner. Either we're crashing or you're going off. I think Max played an absolute blinder on that corner because everyone watching it, all of the commentators, the post-race interviews, everyone said he should have got a penalty or should have been penalised for that move. The fact that he didn't, as in that, that move was under investigation by the race stewards and they decided no further action, as in let them race, is what I want to see. Because the moment that becomes a penalty is the moment that we lose the ability to overtake and we lose the ability of on-track fighting. And then as I was watching it back, I was like, right, swap cars. Imagine me being a Lewis fan, um, being in Max Verstappen's car. We would both be sitting here going, Lewis positioned that car perfectly. (laughs) That was his racecraft, his experience, because he pushed... Max off the car, he pushed Max off the track. He then left the track himself as if it was a bit of a pity move to be like, I'm off the track too. So that the stewards would be like, oh, he didn't actually gain advantage because he came off the track too. It was, in my eyes, the perfect move to barge Lewis off the track. And I know what you're going to come back and say. Um, and, And that was the way that I was able to get it into my head that it was a move that we need to let these guys race. It's what we dream of, seeing these on-track battles, wheel-to-wheel action. And I think I was okay with it because I knew that Lewis was eventually going to get him. The fact that he was able to do that, it was only three laps later that we saw him fundamentally do the same thing again with a little bit more racecraft to confuse, not confuse Max, but, you know, help... To force the situation. To force the situation. So... I said it in our group. I said he's not going to get a penalty for that straight away. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from a Lewis fan. And 
we heard the um, race control of um, Max going, oh, perfect, say, t- tell him to say hi, like classic Max. Um, and also Lewis coming back and responding to the fact that he wasn't going to get a penalty. But, oh, of course, of course, of course. Because obviously that yeah. weekend, he felt like the entire world was against him. That's my perspective. <laughs> now, <laughs> over to Sam. Here we maybe, go. maybe, <laughs> maybe this is when Max for Stefan fans need to switch on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so uh, I agree with you, no penalty. Yeah, I do agree with no penalty because you're right. This is this is full on, we, and we dream of racing and close racing. This, and this was going to be my football reference. Oh, go on. Because shall we say, ten years ago, mm-hmm. even five years ago, what we would see as a fair tackle, as in quite an aggressive, sure. putting your weight into it, getting the ball first, is absolutely fine. Whereas now, the culture in football has changed so much, and referees give fouls so easily. It's part of the strategy that players go down easily to gain an advantage. And what we could see if Max got a penalty from that is the moment that any other driver in a car doing what Lewis was trying to do gets pushed off and shoved off the track, it will straight get a penalty and we will lose on on track battles. I will immediately fight you on that. In five years time. It's an evolution. It's yeah. not like a flick of the switch, but Paul Deresta said it. It was like, oh, you need to get on top of it now. That was the penalty. Well, <laughs> screw Paul Deresta. Um, <laughs> but the, the big problem here is the inconsistency, right? This mm. is the problem with yeah. Formula 1 and FIA and stewards full stop mm. because we saw Perez and Norris. We've seen instances throughout the year mm. where similar moments like that have resulted in penalties. Mm. So... That's where there's an issue because that, and that's where, as fans, we're always going to question it because we have seen penalties given out there. Now, I agree with you. I didn't want a penalty then because the race would then have been nullified. I wanted to see Lewis. Well, that I, I actually believe that coming to the sharper end of the season and there is so much at stake, the stewards are having a tougher time in dishing out penalties. Well, and, not and clearly what, not because they're disqualifying Lewis from qualifying. <laughs> no, but like... I feel like, again, going back to football, a foul inside the penalty box, or sorry, a foul outside the penalty mm. box is 90% of the time not a foul inside the penalty box because of what happens in terms of you give a penalty. Sure, absolutely. And I think clearly there's been a conversation behind closed doors about this let them race mentality. Mm. And given what we've seen with Hamilton and Verstappen and coming to the crunch of the season, we heard it over the teams to FIA radio. There's clearly been a conversation of, look, we've got to at some point let these guys race. Yeah. Here are my issues. <laughs> because I agree, I agree, no penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here are my issues. So firstly, <laughs> get ready for Verstappen fans. I'm still yet to see Verstappen in wheel-to-wheel action where he does not just force somebody off Run a track. Up, yeah. It's like Agreed. he's- Agreed. But that's it, like- Look, per- at, look Perez, at Perez and Hamilton at, thank you. in Turkey. Thank you. Yeah. And I will go back- Alonso through- and Hamilton in Hungary. I'll go back through the eras, mm. through not just this season, and pick yeah. out incredible, close, fair battles that are millimetre precise, that give us incredible racing, amazing moments for history, and let us applaud both people. Where every time, and it's not just this season, and it's not just as a Hamilton fan, from memory, and, okay, fine, people are going to send me links now, and there's going to be footage <laughs> of all that. 90% of the time in my memory, Verstappen just shoves them off. Well, and turn one, Bottas. Turn one and Bottas. Mm. He just... Now, of course, Lewis will have done that in many situations as well. Many Formula 1 drivers will. It gets aggressive. But most, I think, most drivers allow that just millimetre amount of room. Look at Mick Schumacher and mm. Lewis Hamilton in Hungary. 
it was actually fair and decent racing. Oh, sorry, Mick and Max Verstappen. Yeah. Actually fair and decent racing where, yes, it's aggressive. Look at Schumacher and Barrichello in Hungary in 2011, whatever it was, where Schumacher nearly killed his ex-teammate. <laughs> but he did leave him just enough room where Max is like, oh no, bye, you're dead. Like, yeah. And so that is what frustrated me because it was so semi-predictable that the first attempt, yes. Max just runs them both clean off the road. My bigger issue with all of this, the thing that's really got me like dying, is the lack of onboard footage mm. from Max Verstappen. Now, this is my conspiracy theory okay. in, that lives inside me. Also, my <laughs> what's it called? The negative. Anyway, we know Formula One all over it with the coverage. We're getting fan videos of Verstappen in Park Fermi. <laughs> yeah. At the end of every race this year, we've sat and talked about how cool it is that we get all these bits of radio mm. and all these insights, blah, blah, blah. Yet somehow, at this most <laughs> critical moment, we don't get to see an on-board with Verstappen to understand whether he genuinely outbraked himself, whether he turned out of the corner towards Lewis, what his steering angle was. And you know the crazier part? Mm -hmm nor have the FIA. Oh, really? The FIA made their ruling without seeing any onboard footage instead of front-facing from Verstappen's car. Oh, wow. That footage is being held by the rights holder currently, and the FIA have requested it, and it still has not been released. Now, I'm sorry, and hey, who cares? Hamilton got the victory, and I don't want Verstappen to get a penalty. I just want to know what Verstappen yeah. did. I just want it for myself as a Hamilton fan to be like, hi! Sleep, sleep well at night. Yeah, I just want to know <laughs> what happened. And it seems bizarre and shocking. And hey, for all of those that like, yeah, Mercedes got beat, uh, busted cheating. I'm like, well, I want to bust Verstappen mm. for once again, in my mind, justifying my thought that I don't see Verstappen as being a great, in combat racer, he just is such a bully, an aggressive bully. And hey, look, that's his style, and it's worked for him since day one. He's never changed it. The first few years he came in, every other F1 driver called him out on it. He got a very tough time at the beginning for being too aggressive. He's never stopped. He's mm. never given it up, and it's going to win him a championship. It yeah. will. And I've said it about Mexico 20 minutes ago. The guy's an unbelievable talent, and therefore why, why, are you then putting yourself in the, where people like me as a Hamilton fan can go, well, yeah, you can't race. Mm. So why not give yourself that ability, that credibility to race fairer and closer and et cetera, et cetera. Hamilton, I think, would have made the corner. He would have got, would he have passed? Max, probably not. Yeah. Max could have won him, run him out wide mm. and still made the episode. So I just don't quite believe it. So that really, really annoyed me. But I would have been really gutted and frustrated if Verstappen had got a penalty. Yeah. Because I think that would have been the wrong move for the championship for the season. But I am begging Max, because I do rate To release you. the footage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do rate you 11 and a half out of 10. You are the man to take yeah. Hamilton's uh, stats and try and beat them. And you are incredible. And bring the sport forward. And bring the sport he forward. Is. In a younger generation, you'll yeah. bring all these new people to it. So therefore... Get the old folk like me on your side <laughs> by doing what I don't think he cares. No, he, don't. he, he genuinely. I don't think he cares about anything. Did no. you watch the interview with him on Sky Sports before in the race build up? Not sure. I don't think he cares. No, I, mean, I think he likes winning. And yeah, it's like yeah, just I'm driving. If I win, I, I win. Like. Yeah, I, I saw his interview that he had uh, pre pre practice where he was like, mm, winning a world championship is not going to change my life. Like it would be cool, and I just basically focus on the race that I've got in hand. And you and like. 
I want to praise Max uh, in this episode because I actually called up Tony after Mexico and I said, if, if Lewis wins the world championship because Max has a, a reliability problem mm. or a DNF, mm. I will be gutted for Max. Agreed. I do not want Lewis to win based on Agreed. a failure of Ma- from Max's perspective. I would, I would obviously want Lewis to win if for the next three races he can do what he did in Brazil. But in a way, because of what's happened this season, the way that I've seen Max Verstappen drive, I, I, this is the season where I would be okay with Max to take the world oh, championship. Before Brazil, I was like, Max should win yes. this championship. Yeah. You know, it's gotten to that. And I think Helmut Merkel came out and said it, you know, it's gotten to that point now mm. where he's been the dominant driver. Yeah. He's w- led more races. He's won more races. He's been on the podium for longer. Like, so it, 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 he should at the moment, but Brazil gave us that chance to go, holy crap, Hamilton's not letting this go. Yes. And so we in, shouldn't either. As a, as a neutral, the fact that Lewis not only is still in the world championship but now after brazil no one can discount him from still taking this title from max verstappen because it is now red bulls and max verstappen's world championship to lose which i believe will have an added pressure i think red bull will be absolutely flapping red bull will i don't think max will i think no sorry yes a cucumber yeah I, i think red bull are fully panicking because if you look at a tire strategy over a race think of this insane engine strategy that mercedes are pulling now where they've got to run a basically a brand new engine for three more races. well okay so let's tap into this quickly because i saw a lot of this on twitter and i want to come back to the final overtake and the reason why i think it proved that hamilton is the goat yes that's me <laughs> stirring the pot um so he is. a lot of calls about this engine, I think you need right? to stir the pot he is Fair. um can we, can clear- we get a goat as a mascot? No. Oh. They've clearly, Mercedes have clearly <laughs> taken such a performance leap with yeah. this engine that's gone into Hamilton's car. A lot of people come out saying, well, it's an engine that's been built for four races. It's mm-hmm. been a special build engine specifically. They've always had this plan. They've known throughout the season that's what they're going to do. Bottas doesn't have the same performance because he hasn't had the same engine going, whatever. And it could propel them to be more competitive with Hamilton for these last... And what a genius move if that's the case. They're allowed to do that. There's no reason why Red Bull couldn't do it with Verstappen. So people saying, oh, it's not fair. Red Bull could do the same thing. It's 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 Mercedes... And the the punishment's in the rule book. Yeah, as a team, Mercedes would have pulled an absolute ace card if that's what they've done. It also got me thinking, maybe they thought, heck, we don't want to lose this. Is there a little bit of 2022 tech in there? Because you know how far Mercedes will have been developing yeah. everything for next year. Yeah. Have they just gone, oh, let's just bring that in just for the last four races? Because Bottas clearly doesn't have Are you allowed it. to do that? I think there will be things which you... Actually, no, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I don't think you are allowed to do that. Well, maybe, but there's a remap. You can do a remap, can't yeah. you? Yeah, I could do a remap on my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed to change... I'm sure it'd have the same effect. I'm sure it'd probably blow up after two laps. You're not allowed to change components, I don't think. But I think you can change mapping and you can change certain elements to give this power mm. boost, which is because it's not, it's not just a fresh yeah. engine. There's more going on there. And, and these and tracks coming up now are suited to Mercedes. Theoretically, well, at least also to power. Yeah. You know, we're expecting yeah. Saudi to be very, very fast. Mm. Qatar as well as long and flowy. And mm. then Abu Dhabi, we know, is usually power as well. So 
Hey, look, let's wait and see. But but I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it's all the engine. It's all that. It's the car, the car, the it's car. The car. Yeah. So let's talk about the overtake moment and why for me, <laughs> this was right. That is why I personally support Hamilton. Yeah. That's why I think he's the greatest of all time. Because yes, we have this moment where Max pushes him wide. I'm going to stick to that rhetoric. Um, <laughs> Lewis, I think whatever his advantage was definitely up against the competitor, which was Max. You know, mm. Max had done an incredible job at judging that gap. He was not doing anything wrong. It was all absolutely perfect. But this is where Lewis is so calculated, and we've seen it through the year, where unlike many other drivers, and I'm not talking about Max right here, but unlike many other drivers, when they get to a sort of, uh, what's called a rock in the road, or they get stuck behind another driver, they just sit there. Nothing I can mm. do. I'm or, stuck. Or if can't get past. <laughs> just, just plow into them. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bottas versus Ricardo, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I'm just stuck. Can't yeah. get past. Lewis has a an a, a, a cute uh, an ability to analyze all the different lines and approaches and ways that he can force a situation, and it goes back to karting. And you see it with Alonso. You of course see it with Max, but in a different way because he usually disparages the person. Ah, <laughs> anyway, so um, but but it's a calculated approach yeah. and. What he learned from that first attempt and Max pushing wide is you're right, that that was the right tactic. Yeah. He wasn't going to get past on the initial DRS on the main straight because Max's advantage through that middle sector was so strong that he just he wasn't going to quite get too there. far back after the final turn. But he could force Max to defend. Because mm. if Max left the door open, Lewis could lunge and just fucking send it. Yeah. Um, but he knew, he could, and at that point, he could set him up for the second DRS zone. But he knew he had to be closer in that middle sector. And the best way to do that was to get Max to defend at the end of the second DRS zone. So he planned it so well that it was the lap before where he set him up going into the first turn, then into turn four, which enabled him to stay closer through the middle sector than before so that he could then do it again, set him up into turn one and then get him going yeah, into yeah, turn yeah. four. That for me was the genius of Lewis Hamilton. Pace advantage of not, and I know, oh, it doesn't matter. Max had the same pace advantage in Mexico. And then Roy, you're, yeah, he dominated it. Well, so what's your argument, Max fans, that are sitting there just telling me oh, it's all down to the car? Go home. Stop listening to this podcast. It's not for you. No, please don't stop. <laughs> no, I should do because we need the um, But yeah, so for me, that was the moment. And I know we spoke about it briefly, but do you not agree? Like, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. One, 100%. I could see, and it was almost frustrating that no one picked up on it as commentators as to what we had just seen. Because I know that we we talked about it on the WhatsApp very quickly after we saw Lewis go past him and then drive off into the distance in the same manner that Verstappen did in Mexico. Um, I think, going back to your point of, of arguing car is faster there, car is faster there. We've talked about this so much on the podcasts that the best drivers um, gravitate to the far, to the best teams, to, yeah. to the best, to the fastest cars. So having Max and Lewis fight this world championship out in two of the top cars where there are, they do have teammates in fundamentally the same cars that aren't anywhere near as effective in terms of winning races and picking up constructor championship points and driver championship points. Max and Lewis are a level above in a league of their own. And you're seeing that race in, race out. And yes, the car is faster. They still have to drive it. 
and they still have to navigate their way through an entire race. And there was a moment that I picked up in the race where I think Max knew that he was a sitting duck. Mm. And it was when, I think it was his second pit stop or just before his second pit stop where he teamed in, uh, radioed into his team saying, we can't let them undercut. Yeah. As he came into the pits and he realized that he was coming in much earlier than I think he expected because they needed to cover the other undercut, Max radioed into his team, what do you want me to do with this set? What do I do now? Because yeah. we're basically <laughs> yeah. screwed, mate. So, like, like, whatever we do, whether we absolutely nail it out and just completely abolish the tyres, by the end of the race, Lewis is going to catch us. Yeah. So he knew that he was a sitting duck, which is why I think he was over-aggressive. He did have the black and white flag um, for waved at him for, straight, for weaving yeah. at the straight. He literally tried anything. And that is what a, a born elite winner is that is in his DNA. He For is sure. designed to do everything in his power to not lose. Yeah. And I don't think if you flip, now taking the same analogy of what I had into going into turn four of, of, of what if Lewis ran Max off? What if Lewis was in the same um, position as Max? I don't think Lewis would ever ask the question, what do you want me to do with this? Set oh, I think he would. Really? Yeah, I think, and I think we've seen it. I think we've seen it in races this year where Red Bull have got the pace advantage. And I think Lewis, you know, whether it's lap times or what should I be hitting or what's his pace, I think inherently Lewis is a fantastic tyre manager. Mm. And I think he knows or understands and he does things that, you know, inherently he can just do, he has a great sense for. But I think he needs that help from his... I think yeah. the biggest thing we've seen this year is how important the teams are mm. in calling strategy and setting people up and thinking things yeah, through yeah, yeah. across the season. So I definitely have not of the mind that Lewis's inherent ability supersedes Max when it comes to strategy and stuff like that. And I think we've seen him have to rely on the team and make mm. calls. So I, I would disagree with you there. But I think... I think we just, you're right, where Max and the Red Bull team kind of knew they were yeah. up against it. And if they could snatch a victory, a bit like in Austin, yeah. they were going to be ecstatic yeah. because probably it was stealing it from Merck. It should, mm. Merck should have won those mm. races. Um, so yeah, look, uh, it was fascinating and it does mean that the championship is still alive because I genuinely felt after Mexico that that was kind of it. We had said far early into the season that all of this hype every single race weekend as the races just continued to deliver um uh, uh, it, it was more entertainment more how how are we ever going to keep topping this how we keep going to be entertained by this sport and by these two drivers fighting for the world championship and i think you're right after mexico i was like we're now going to have a really mediocre end to the season. And I was so nervous about mm. that. Um, but obviously, if this is a strategy from Mercedes to drop this new engine in that has been designed for the last four races, at one point, I think even in the weekend of the Brazil Grand Prix, I was more than happy to put a lot of money on Max Verstappen winning the World Championship. It's, it's not swayed, so I believe Lewis will win. But I think there's a po a bit a, a much larger, more of a, more of a possibility, which just makes the entire fight more exciting. Cements the fact that this world championship battle is probably going to go down, especially in my history, as one of, if not the best, F one world championship um, 
Seasons. Seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And I think without any We know Netflix issues, is going to absolutely... Oh my God, that drive to survive Imagine if Netflix... Have the onboard footage. Have the onboard footage. <laughs> <laughs> what's then. going on. That's no, that we can't get. Yeah, yeah, Max yeah. has refused to uh, inter- yeah. interview with us, so we're going to take his onboard exactly. footage. We've got the exclusivity rights. Um, but no, and let's, you know, if nothing weird happens, the next three races we'll see Lewis and Max, mm. one and two, maybe mm. Bottas annoyingly getting on pole. And, <laughs> you know, what, for the next three races and on track and on the, yeah. like, that's what we should expect yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah. There's no reason why not. They're, they're now at such a sort of different level. So do we want to touch on any other drivers from Brazil? There were some interesting races. Ferrari, as we mentioned, kind of seem to have taken leaps and bounds now. McLaren yeah, wavered think, a bit. I think Lando obviously got unlucky. Of with, course, um, the puncture just misjudged. It slightly, yeah, I think, right? but Ricardo was was semi on it. He was semi on it before the um, DNF, and I think he kind of would walk away from that Grand Prix to be like, "Hey, that was quite cool," because he obviously knows what's going on behind the scenes, and I'm sure McLaren are heavily now focusing on the 2022 car. You, you would hope so. You, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you never know, McLaren. Mm, um, who else can we touch on? Lance Stroll, no, great no, race. No, Latifi, moving on. Great race. No. Mazepin yes. finishing ahead of Schumacher. Actually, yeah. And did you see him crying? Yeah. Oh, after, yeah. Was it after qualifying? It was after qualifying. After qualifying, because I think he was feeling pretty good. Yeah. Up I, until up until the mistake, and it must be so frustrating because they are two rookies. We can't take that away from the fact that they will make mistakes. That car also undrivable, and we're he- we're, we're hearing that from XF1 drivers. Uh, people in the F1 circus that that car is is near on undrivable. We can't fault Mick and um, Nikita for uh, a percentage of their mistakes. Um, so for Mazepin, who has never driven Brazil, he's, nope, he's only yeah, done it in the sim, time. right? Yeah, yeah, first um, I think he felt like that could be his moment to 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 sort of be like, "Hey guys, look, I belong." at least in this seat for next season. Like, I haven't shown it that much this year, but here we go. Like, I'm going to... I think it was his chance to beat Schumacher. Yeah. I think that was the whole thing, is that, unfortunately, you're right. Everything you said, I agree with totally. But Schumacher has had the upper hand of him across a season, Mm -hmm. and not just on a PR level. But Mm -hmm. he has. You Mm -hmm. know, they've both made mistakes. And this was genuinely, I think, a circuit where Madsbin had a pace advantage and he fluffed it. And I think that's what killed him Mm -hmm. because he wanted to come to the end of the year and go, look, guys, I've improved throughout the year and I'm now as fast or I can out-qualify Mick and beat Mick, which, you know, he did do in the race. You know, Schumacher had that uh, issue where he lost his front wing, didn't he? Um, And so, hey, look. He finished. He finished. Um, <laughs> strong weekend from Kimi. Right, yeah, yeah, finishes yeah, yeah. other points, but we saw him there. There about started in the pits. Did he start in the pits? Start in the pits. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but yeah, good, mm. good strong sprint uh, and good quality as well. I think. Well, now this is just swan song, isn't it? He's exactly. just like, hey, I'm going to drive the hell out of the car and probably end up in a fireball at Abu Dhabi. <laughs> 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 I hope he doesn't. I, think, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. Uh, I think that's probably it, though. I'm looking other to wrap things Sino- up. Other than the Sonoda lunge. Well, the Sonoda. We sort of sort of touched on it that. He's just a bit too hit and miss, isn't mm. he? Like, yes, he's coming on a bit better and Albon's helped, but if we're giving Max a bit of crap for forcing people wide, Sonoda's yeah. tactic is like, what was the Roy Keane thing? I was, <laughs> was going to come and I was going to hit you. Like, that was the sort I'll of clip, the audio, right? I'll get the audio up. And Try and get the audio into, up. Play it into my um, microphone. It was Roy Keane, and the text is... Um, Granddad... Do you know what? What I might do is I'm, I'm 
I might smash into somebody just to make me feel better. <laughs> that, that was what you said, Sonoda over the race. Sonoda, Sonoda every couple of races. Every couple of races. <laughs> <laughs> that is I it. Like, you know, someone. Bless him. He's clearly got mad talents, but it's just, unfortunately, this doesn't still quite seem to have that minute mm. control. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I am trying to wrap things up because okay. Tony and I have got two episodes to record this afternoon. To wrap things up. It's a then, hectic day. After Brazil, yeah. who's going to win the world championship? I still think Max is probably odds on favourite. I will, I will be willing to put money on after Qatar. Because if Mercedes keep some kind of pace advantage into Qatar, then I'm like, it's truly on. Was this a Brazil specific, the track layout, the upgrades they've done, the climate, all of these different things? Or have they generally put something special in Lewis's car? And also, you now cannot knock Lewis. Yeah, he will yeah. be trying. But I think if Max and Red Bull win in Qatar then I'm still like, yeah, they're still odds on favorite. If Lewis wins in Qatar, then I'm like, Lewis. it's on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm still not saying Lewis. I do still side do with, think I think- this weekend was slightly different because of the added motivation and anger that fueled Lewis? Exactly. Lewis has always been, in my mind, fantastic. When he's he's back th yeah, all. he's thrived off um, the- Underdog, being the underdog. Yeah, yeah. Being, the being the underdog. Um, having the world against him or he, feeling like he's, he's got people against him. And we've seen him come on so strong in the second half of the year because of that sometimes. Mm. Um, so, you know, I still lean towards, I think Max at this point does really deserve the championship. Yeah. I think he's heading that way. But I think Lewis is keeping that fight alive. And heck, if he can wing in Qatar and bring it to under... 10 points in the yeah. points difference, then I'm like, I'm all in. And Lewis, <laughs> it's your championship, baby, baby. Anyway, sadly, I don't think there's going to be another after ticket flag though until the end of oh. the season. So I think the next time we're going to be seeing, we'll, we poor will know. Poor commitment from you. Not and, poor and, commitment. And from me. Well, no. <laughs> so uh, I'm off uh, yeah. later this week uh, to Italy. So I'll be away for the Qatar race. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to be in Saudi for the oh! Jeddah race. Which we you know, Justin Bieber's performing in Saudi. <gasps> You're joking. Nope. Okay, I'll send you some pictures. Can I just come in your suitcase? No. <laughs> then I'll be in Abu Dhabi. So oh. I'll, I'll, I, you know, you that's could my host, You could host after the checkered flag if with I, the real checkered saying, flag. But if I hadn't made you co-host and you were just a guest, I could have replaced Flow you. Flown me with you as an expense. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is, uh, that's the big news that I think unfortunately our next after checkered flag episode well, because we've tried to do some remotely before, and it's never quite yeah. worked out, has it's, it? It's not. It's not had. It's not landed the same because there's always that delay with technology, where like your the Zoom call like it flashes up with your audio, and yeah. then I'm there like halfway through the sentence saying something. <laughs> it's, it's rubbish. I'm actually out of the country for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix as well. Okay, so but we'll do a season review, right? That will be our whole thing. We, we'll start, we need the viewers or listeners' help to somehow give us some inspiration as to how we have to bring at least one between now okay. and the end oh, of yeah, the season. Oh yeah, we can do one. We can do one post-Qatar. How much is a flight to Abu Dhabi? No. <laughs> <laughs> we can do one post-Qatar. Yes. But we just can't do the ones between Saudi and Abu Dhabi because they're back okay. to back. Okay, so next weekend. It's the first week of December. Like the first and second of December, we could do one. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, done. cool. Okay, so, so there we go. Well done, Paul. Good co-host skills, but <laughs> <laughs> we will be back. With some, it won't be straight after Qatar. It might be a few days later into the week. Yeah. Um, but we will be back with you for an episode reviewing Qatar. And then it'll be the final two races and we'll just do a season. Oh my God, it's talking about. Anyway, <laughs> can we you imagine you... if every race up until the- Oh my God, we're exhausted. But can you imagine that final episode of the year? 
absolutely nuts. It'll be four. Can we have an alcoholic free beer? Probably. Uh, <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Give it a thumbs up if you're watching here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Tony and I are aiming for 50,000 subscribers by the end of the year. And after the Checkered Flag fans, you're part of that. Yeah. So, you know, please feel free to subscribe to this channel. Check out the main show. Stick around because there are more after the Checkered Flag episodes to come. If you want to follow my co-host, uh, Paul Wallace, on Just social media. Follow behind the glass. Well, no, we don't have a... That's, uh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's at Wallace PJW on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And yes, we'll be back with you at some point post the Qatar Grand Prix. Bye bye. I wonder if no, bye bye. Got unsubscribed I, by Max Verstappen fans this episode. Oh, definitely. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.